listening to The Martial Brain, the podcast that explores the intersection between the martial arts, science, critical thinking, skepticism, and that wacky organ that floats inside our skulls in a pool of cerebral spinal fluid, making life unpredictably inspiring, infuriating, and sometimes just batshit crazy. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. And in the darkness, a shining blade I hold. Critical thinking skills and the martial arts. A true martial arts enthusiast probably knows that in order to get significantly better at doing what he or she loves, it's necessary to do a lot of work that will be not only hard, but at times tedious and frustrating. Now, a well-designed training program should reduce some of the boredom that might come with, shall we say, a less well-designed program. But in the final analysis, technical skill requires at least some tedium and effort. There's no getting around it. But remember, we are discussing a martial arts enthusiast. He or she knows it will still be worth a lot of grueling and tedious work because it would be so cool to move like those demigods at the academy who kick, punch, and grapple at the top of the food chain. And once, after a great deal of such arduous work, the enthusiast becomes an expert, he or she finds that not only is being a skilled martial artist very cool, it's also quite useful as well, if for no other reason than that the value of hard work, an obsession with technical detail, and the development of a good relationship with training partners are revealed as fantastic life lessons. Of course, it's also totally cool that very few people can now physically impose their will on you. But, unfortunately, there are other ways, besides physical attack, that bad or misguided people can do you harm. Despite what you might think, in the year 2019 you are far more likely to be threatened with a scam, a fraud, or the trap of ideological thinking than with physical violence. Con artists abound in this world. Conscienceless, sociopathic predators who use their intellects as weapons and who see you as potential prey. Now, they may never think to attack you physically, but they have built strong games that are very effective for bilking you of your money, sucking up your time, and maybe even breaking your heart before moving on to another target. At least physical violence is usually honest in its intent, but scammers, grifters, and con artists often begin their attacks with some sort of ingratiating behavior, making it seem to an unprepared mind that they have your best interests at heart. This is just one of many tactics traditionally adopted by those who practice the dark side of what I call the cognitive martial arts. But not all mental martial arts opponents are hardcore con artists. Many of them are well-meaning but misguided purveyors and practitioners of pseudoscience who still would like your money and or your time, but who truly believe that their particular flavor of magic will improve your life. These would include practitioners of alternative medicine, anti-vaxxers, psychics, and astrologers. When people present you with claims of fact that contradict other popular claims, 
when the truth seems to be obscured by competing ideologies, you can be made to feel just as ignorant and powerless as when you are targeted by a scam artist. The rise of the Internet has only served to make this fog of dis and misinformation even more dense and extensive. And to make things even worse, it's also the case that your own brain is not necessarily an asset in this fight. An untrained brain even acts as a liability. Our genetic heritage as dominance hierarchy primates has left us as a species laboring under the burden of a number of instincts and thought modes that are less than helpful. As a matter of fact, it is exactly our quirky, fallible human brain that makes us easy marks for cognitive predators who have figured out fiendishly effective ways to hack into your brain and exploit its weaknesses. It's never safe or healthy to indulge in a type of thinking that leads to effectively dropping your mental guard around these predators. Sounds pretty dire, right? Well, be of good cheer, dear listeners. You can learn to defend yourself against your own mental weaknesses, the evil tricks of scam artists, and the well-meaning but still hazardous traps laid by purveyors of pseudoscience. But, just as with the physical martial arts, it takes some work. A quality martial arts program teaches techniques, concepts, and drills that over time and through repetition help you defend yourself from physical attack and in addition offer excellent health benefits and life lessons. The very same things are true of learning the concepts and techniques of cognitive self-defense. One approach to this is called scientific skepticism. This name was coined by the late great science communicator and a personal hero of mine, Dr. Carl Sagan. But the concept began long before him. I consider this mental discipline to be a cognitive martial art. I've already done episodes in the past about just what skepticism is. Specifically and especially episodes 85 through 87, entitled The Power of Doubt, parts 1 through 3. It might be a good idea to go back and listen to those three episodes before listening to this one, but it's not really necessary. I'll do my best to make this an entertaining, standalone episode. But in any case, believe it or not, I see parallels between the process of growth of the martial artist and the same process for a skeptic. Training in scientific skepticism is not necessarily quick or easy, although even a little exposure to it can go a long way and do you a lot of good. Some study and rote memorization is needed, work that can be demanding and tedious. But just as with the physical martial arts, it's well worth the effort. Knowledge is power, especially when dealing with tricksy humans that want to deceive you and to take your money. If you would like to be that person who always seems to have a thoughtful, logical point of view in any discussion, who doesn't easily fall prey to scams and pseudoscience, who doesn't allow the primitive parts of his or her brain to direct their actions, learning the basic techniques of scientific skepticism is a great place to start. Skepticism, like the physical martial arts, is not simply a collection of techniques or an accumulation of facts. It is a structured system designed to help you work your way closer to the ever-elusive truth about the natural world, 
while defending yourself from your own cognitive weaknesses, predacious con artists, and purveyors of pseudoscience. It uses cognitive skills and tools that parallel the concepts, techniques, and drills of the physical martial arts. One of the very best resources for an aspiring scientific skeptic is the excellent podcast, The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. In addition, the guys at The Skeptic's Guide have written a fantastic book with the same name. I strongly recommend both. The frontman for The Skeptic's Guide, Dr. Stephen Novella, describes the toolbox of the skeptic as being divided into four categories. The first he calls neuropsychological humility. This is the understanding, through education, that human perception and memory are not nearly as reliable, as precise, and as accurate as you might think, and that the human brain is prone to fall into cognitive traps like logical fallacies and cognitive biases. In short, we are attempting to approach cognitive perfection while employing a woefully imperfect instrument. Now that doesn't mean that the effort is fruitless. On the contrary, as I've already asserted, I think the pursuit of scientific skepticism is extremely useful. But you must always keep in mind that what you think you see, hear, feel, remember, or even think are all potentially flawed. For example, two frequently used expressions which go something like, I remember it like it was yesterday. And, I saw it with my own eyes. In both cases, it's shocking just how often the statement is flat wrong. I plan a future podcast on the unreliability of human memory. And I already did a five-part series on the weaknesses and limitations of human vision and how those limitations relate to the martial arts. So I refer you to them. The title is Believing is Seeing, and it comprises episodes 122 through 126. These flaws and others are good reasons to always be neuropsychologically humble. The second category of tools in the scientific skeptic's toolbox is called metacognition. This is the act of thinking about what you are thinking and why you are thinking it. So far as we know, humans are the only species capable of this. It's like a superpower. A superpower that the majority of people don't even know they have and never think to use. You have the ability to monitor your own thoughts. Have you ever realized that you just said something really profoundly stupid? That's metacognition kicking in a few seconds too late. The trick is to spot primitive, undisciplined thoughts before they leave your word hole, and especially before they lead you into committing foolish physical actions. We still carry evolutionary relics from our less evolved ancestors in our brains. We are thus prone to huge mistakes of logic and biases that skew our thinking. Parents know that you must watch toddlers all the time, or they will quickly do something hazardous to themselves. Keep a mental eye on your own thoughts, as if your brain were a two-year-old. The third category of cognitive tools for the scientific skeptic is scientific literacy. 
Of course, this doesn't mean that you must learn everything about every area of science. Obviously, that would be impossible even for a human who lived for a hundred normal lifespans. But the more you do learn about the scientific method, the current state of the art, so to speak, in each of the major disciplines, and what separates high-quality experiments, studies, and research projects from those of lesser quality, the less vulnerable you will be from the influence of people with their own significant knowledge of science, combined with a lack of conscience and a desire to use this knowledge to victimize the less well-educated. And the fourth category of tools for the scientific skeptic consists of knowledge of the history of science, of skepticism, and of pseudoscience. Just as studying how the martial arts evolved in response to technological and cultural changes can be useful in a number of ways, like using the object lessons of the past to help avoid making the same mistakes as some of your predecessors, so studying the history of how the painstaking process of developing an organized response to pseudoscience and scam artistry can help you avoid making similar mistakes in your growth as a cognitive warrior. Once you begin to develop an understanding of these and other critical thinking tools, you can think of their combined effect as a defensive tool or weapon that you hold before you in a figurative mental guard position. And, just as the fencer tries to keep his blade positioned and aligned precisely on the central plane between himself and his foe, neither too much to the left or to the right, so the skeptic keeps his critical thinking skills right in the front and center of his mind. Too far to one side would lead to being naive, gullible, a prime target for scams and pseudoscience. Too far to the other side and you become an overly negative cynic, a jerk, a curmudgeon who rejects every claim before even hearing the evidence. Now scientific skeptics are often mistakenly labeled as cynical deniers like this, of not having an open mind to new possibilities. But a good skeptic, and keep in mind that skeptics are humans, so there are plenty of bad ones, a good skeptic is just as open to new ideas and information as they are careful in using their cognitive blade to ward off scams and magical thinking. So the metaphorical cognitive blade that you hold in guard position before you is not a wall keeping out new ideas. It is rather a precise tool for self-defense. There are things that are true for the fencer holding his blade in guard position that are equally true for the skeptic, wielding his figurative defensive weapon. The guard position is designed to allow you to protect, observe, and attack when practical and necessary. There is no feeling that you are unnecessarily expending energy in a guard position. On the contrary, there is a feeling of ease, combined with a heightened sense of cognitive arousal. Your senses are taking in all that's going on around you. The relative ease with which you hold this position allows you to use your higher brain functions for reading the opponent. Given time, you carefully observe his tendencies, his fighting personality, his body language, and his apparent level of technical skill. The blade sits lightly in your hand, in a way that allows you to employ the sense of balance of a unicyclist combined with the rhythmic fluidity of a dancer, when you find it necessary to defend yourself from bad guys. Once you begin to master your cognitive blade, you may find, to your satisfaction, 
that you feel more confident and relaxed when engaged in discussion and debate with others. Oh, and just as a martial artist can become a bully if he uses his skills to abuse and degrade others, so a skeptic can rapidly become a jackass through using his or her knowledge to point out to everyone they talk with all the fallacies of logic and cognitive biases that they just employed in your presence. A high-level martial artist is frequently a very humble person. One of the things I admire the most about this particular line of endeavor. A high-level skeptic should set exactly the same type of example. Anyway, that's what I think. But I could be wrong. Let me know what you think, and check out old episodes of the Martial Brain Podcast at my website, rpmartialarts.com. I'm Jeff Westfall for the Martial Brain. The Martial Brain is produced by Raging Squirrel Productions in association with the Rising Phoenix Martial Arts Academy. If you like the podcast and would like to help it grow, go to iTunes or Stitcher and give it an honest rating and review. Contact me with questions about the Martial Brain or about the Rising Phoenix Academy at my website, rpmartialarts.com. <laughs>